1: All right, back with you. We move into the 3 o'clock hour of the uh, Tuesday edition Dave Ellswick show. We've got R.D. Hopper here. we got Paul Calvert. We've got Jan Morgan and me, Dave Ellswick, with you as well. This hour, something a little bit different from my show. Everybody thinks that I hate the environment, which is not true. I just hate stupid laws that say they're protecting the environment when, in fact, they're destroying the environment like the forestry laws that they have out in california which causes huge fires mm-hmm. and uh and kills how many people was it now 80 something 90 something. so we all people? know
2: you're not a tree hugger no not i'm not, not a tree guys, hugger right?
1: I, I am right. not a tree hugger by any stretch as i always say i'll go green when you save me green that's right. why i use rd hopper and and sunny's uh, auto salvage mm-hmm. i used uh, one of their transmissions that saved me about Twenty seven hundred dollars. So I I consider that that kind of thing well, a good, we'll, good thing.
3: And just look at the look at the chicken industry. If it wasn't for people killing and eating chickens. Would there be nearly as many millions of these birds alive today? Well, look at hunting deer.
1: Yeah. Would there be as many deer as we have in uh, Arkansas as we have now? Yeah. And the answer to that so, is, of course, no.
2: So the reason I invited this gentleman to join us, his name is Richard Coy, and the reason I invited him is not because I'm an environmentalist. It's because the threat here is is actually a potential environmental hazard. Yes, I mean, total uh, catastrophe, number one. Number two, and we're not talking about saving animals. We're talking about saving human beings. Mm -hmm. And it's because bees are essential to survival of this planet. And I want to Talk about what's happening in this state, as well as 19 other states, that is threatening the bee population. And this gentleman, Richard Coy, is a beekeeper who's the largest beekeeper in Arkansas.
0: Okay. And we
2: got this big issue going on with this uh, pesticide called dicamba, and it's already led to the murder of one person in Arkansas. You know, farmers. I mean, it has really divided the farming people, farming industry, because you're either really for it or you're really against it, and it is destroying the vegetation that bees use to survive. But before we get into that further, I want Richard to explain, for people that don't know, why is it that bees are critical to survival of this planet?
4: Well, bees uh, pollinate uh, the wild vegetation. They pollinate the food that we eat. Uh, it is said that one out of every three bites of food that we eat is contributed by bees or other pollinating insects. And uh, they're very they're very uh, important to uh, everything in the ecosystem.
2: Exactly. And so I watched a documentary about that and it was shocking what will happen to this planet. They were showing what our grocery store shelves, our fresh produce shelves would look like without bees. And it is it is horrifying. So uh, with that in mind this issue of dicamba. Dicamba is something that was produced by Monsanto, correct? Yes, that's correct. Yeah, anybody who knows anything about Monsanto knows where we're headed with this now. So, it is extremely destructive to outlying vegetation. How is that? How do we know that for a fact? I know there have been studies done, correct?
4: That's correct. So, uh, University of Arkansas scientists and other scientists across the country uh, over the last three years have been doing research, and they have been able to see that once the uh, product is applied to the crop, even after seventy-two hours after application, it can turn into a gas, and then it moves and drifts around with the with the winds. And here in Arkansas, very seldom do we have winds out of the same direction three mm-hmm. to four days in a row. So right. it moves in all directions, and it is um, it is a auxin herbicide, which means it is it's a synthetic hormone, and it causes the plant to go into a reproductive stage, it alters the reproduction. So therefore, wild vegetation or other vegetation that it comes in contact with, it changes the reproduction. So how it affects bees is it does not produce
2: pollen or nectar. And it has cut your bee population. Dicamba, that you can directly connect to dicamba, how much has it reduced your bee population by? Well...
4: It has reduced our honey production in areas where the product is used by 50%. And if you have a 50% reduction in honey, then you have a 50% reduction in the health of the beehive.
2: Right. And you're not, you work with other beekeepers around the state. So is it the same story?
4: Yes, it's the same story in the eastern part of the state where the product is used.
2: Okay. So uh, the bottom line is there are farmers who really want this. And unfortunately, what they use on their own crops doesn't stay on their own crops because as you talked about it, drifted. It's called volatizing, isn't it? That Volatized. is correct. And especially during the heat, when, it, when we get into June and July, it moves even more. Now, Dave, I've traveled the state and I've talked to farmers all over Arkansas and they're telling me, they've shown me pictures. Look what, I don't use this on my crops, but look what it did. It drifted over and it destroyed my crop. I have seen, uh, I've talked to organic farmers who it totally destroys their livelihood because you you, as an organic farmer, you can't even be within so many mile radius of any kind of uh, pesticide, it's certainly something like dicamba. And I talked to a woman who has no organic farm, that was her business. And she said, It put me out of business. And I heard that on Twitter, you actually said that if this continues in Arkansas, if they're allowed to use dicamba, that you're going to leave the state.
4: That is correct. I will have no choice. I mean, I'm not doing this um, just because I enjoy it. I'm doing it because it's my living. Right. And I have to make a profit. And um, the only way that we can make a profit if this product is used is to leave the state. Mm-hmm. It's not something that I want to do, but it's something that I'll be forced
1: to do. Okay, so Jan said 19 states are using this product. The other states that are not. What are they doing to control weeds and the invasive species that are attacking fields?
4: Well, the 19 states have approved it so far for 2019. The, this past growing season, 34 states used the product. So I suspect all 34 states will use the product again in this growing season. 89 million <laughs> acres of soybeans were planted th- this past year. And is, it is expected 60 million acres of uh, dicamba-tolerant crops – And soybeans will be planted. There's also dicamba-tolerant cotton that is planted.
2: But here's the difference between our state and other states. Other states, the Department of Agriculture is overseeing the decision-making process that decides whether or not you can use this highly volatile pesticide. But in the state of Arkansas, up until now, we have this thing called the plant board, which is supposed to be a group of citizens, actual farmers, people who are professional farmers, who make decisions that are in the best interest of the farming industry okay but now that has been politicized and we have lost members of the plant board who voted to stop the use of dicamba and they've been replaced with monsanto supportive people who support the use of dicamba and the governor of this state is the one who makes those appointments so as you can see the political side of this that has always been a protective barrier for us is now all of a sudden uh, being weaponized once again. And we might as well, I guess eventually we're going to be moving that over to a state agency as well. I've heard that that is the direction we're going, that now the Department of Agriculture will soon be in, in, in charge of this. So now you've got a state government in charge of its own business. The box guarding the hen house. So,
3: so maybe what's happening here is these these boards and commissions that are kind of supposed to protect the rights of Arkansans may actually be providing cover when...
2: For when, Monsanto. And, and so... Can so you understand how much money Monsanto has?
3: Well, well yeah. And so the, the the idea is that, you know, the, the government is supposed to uphold human rights. Mm-hmm. And one aspect of human rights is to, to uphold property rights. Right. If you're poisoning someone else's property... By allowing your your herbicide mm-hmm. or pesticide to drift over onto their property and killing their crops or killing, right. or, or just poisoning their land, right. you're violating their rights. Right. My, my brother has a um, produce business where he grows um, um, something similar to organics. Mm-hmm. It's a different certification, but the thing is, he's got some 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 barriers to how how far he has to be away from um, from some of these herbicides and things like right. that. If I understand it correctly, and because of that problem, I think, because of the fact that this, these things do drift, and and it's basically poison. Mm-hmm. And, and so it is. Th- the, the fact is that how do we deal with this? We, want, we want, want to respect the property rights of the farmers, but we also need to respect the property rights of those around them. So if you can use something without it poisoning your neighbors – I guess that's okay. Here's what what you're dealing with,
2: though. Let me me just put it in perspective. Let's suppose that you have an industry like Monsanto who has a monetary interest in their product being widely used. Okay. Let's say with all the multi-billions of dollars that a company like that has, if they say, well, you know, look, we're not going to buy off a politician. We're not going to pad your pockets. To do the right thing. But if you don't do the right thing, we're going to put somebody in your place to run against you and make sure that they have plenty of money to win. See, that's how this sort of thing gets to that extent. And once again, money becomes more important in the moment than yep. the welfare of and, uh, and we're citizens
5: not and, going to, and that's uh, that, go ahead. yeah that's Already one thing Japan. that we're not going to change because we've seen this in so many things you've seen it on the gun rights whenever it comes up against the colleges mm-hmm. i've seen it on the health care whenever we're for a free health care market and for health care and you and you see the uh, medicaid companies come in and the hospitals and the insurance companies all get together and they want the billions of dollars to come in and all these state jobs and everything else all you can do is is you're trying to do is try to educate the people but uh as far as the cronyism at at our state capital and our politics i tell you what it's a long hard road we've got to Yes, but don't be a pessimist. Quit saying we can't change
2: it. Yes, we can change it. But but if you educate the people and they show up in force and demand change. And December 6th is a chance for people to show up in force, is it not? The plant board, there's going to be a final decision on this. just had a committee meeting, Richard, uh, yesterday. Yes. The committee decided what? They're going to allow – dicamba had been banned from use until, what, April of – was it April of this year?
4: Yes. uh, For this past year, April 15th was the final day you could use the product. Although, throughout the growing season, farmers um, ignored that law and used the product anyway. And so, yesterday at the plant board meeting, at the pesticide committee meeting, they ignored more science that was given to them by Dr. Cartwright from the University of Arkansas. They ignored that science. They went with the with the uh, – pol- I'm going to say the politics mm-hmm. – and said – Let's go with June 15th because we have a group of farmers that want to spray it until June the 15th because it's the easy way to farm. Um, Small farmers that only farm the amount that they can manage, they do it the traditional way. Some of the large farmers, they want to plant the crop and spray it and be done. And it's an easy button for them. And that's where this contention lies.
2: So what was banned is now being used again until June. So there are, you can use it, but with stipulations. The problem is... Now it has to go before the full plant board, and that's de- that's December 6th, correct? That where is- do people need to go? If they want to weigh in on this, where can they go and let their voice be heard? And then also tell people where they can go to find out more information about this so they can come and argue from an educated position.
4: Okay, so on December the 6th, there will be a full plant board meeting where, where they will hear uh, the recommendations from the Pesticide Committee. Where and That when. is at the plant board um, office there uh, on Natural Way. In what city? In Little Rock. In Little sorry. Rock, okay. And and then the public is invited to come. What time? Um, that has not been set. I don't believe that has been set, at the time. Okay. M- maybe one thirty.
2: Where can people find out what time once they decide? Is there a place uh, under the state capitol, under the government website? Yes, so they can, they can
4: go to the uh, Arkansas Department of Agriculture website and look at the plant board schedule. That's ironic, isn't it? Yes. Uh, So they can look at that, and then there will be a 30-day public comment period after the December 6th meeting. So I encourage everyone to come to the meeting on December the 6th, make your public comments during that 30-day period, contact your legislators, because this has to go before the uh, legislative council before it becomes a law. So it's not just something that the plant board itself makes a decision on. It has to go to the legislators.
2: What is uh, – duck this is actually going to affect the duck population in which. Arkansas, which duck hunting is huge. Can you tell us very quickly – do we have time for him to get into that? Because well, I heard we'll come
1: that, back, and we're okay. going to talk about duck hunting. Okay. Because that's near and dear to a whole lot of people's hearts. All right. We'll be back to talk about that with our special guest today, talking about this pesticide and uh, how we should be dealing with it. Don't forget about what's going on with Horton's Orthotics and Prosthetics here in Little Rock at their 12th Street location. They're just about finished now with, uh, you know, completely demoing and uh, adding the additions to their very first site uh, where they started this business back in the 80s, making it a state-of-the-art facility with the latest technology in prosthetics and orthotics. Ladies, if you have had uh, breast cancer or you've had uh, breast removal because uh, you don't want to get breast cancer, uh, then uh, Horton's is the place for you to go to look for the prosthesis that you need to be able to give you um, you know the uh, the. I don't know what the, the right word would be. Uh, the the self the self worth back that you have because uh, you know breasts play a huge role uh, in in uh, with males in America. Uh, they can help you out. They've got a whole place now set up specifically uh, for you, privacy, comfort, so you can be fitted correctly and it can look uh, great. It's all because Horton's prides itself on their patient relationships locations. And Little Rock, they also have locations, North Little Rock, Bryant, Conway, Fort Smith, and Searcy. That's Horton's. Orthotics and Prosthetics, providing a lifetime of support. All right, coming back, you can find the Legislative Council easy. All you have to do is just Google who's on the Arkansas Legislative Council 2018. And it brings up the list. I'll tell you the chairs are uh, Senator Bill Sample, and uh, Representative Jim Dotson. The vice chairs are Senator Terry Rice and uh, Representative John Eubanks. I'll just run down the senators that are on it: uh, Bledsoe Caldwell, Chesterfield, Alan Clark, John Cooper, Joyce Elliott, Scott Flippo, Stephanie Flowers, Missy Irvin, Brian King, Uvalde Lindsay, Bruce Malik, Jason Rapert and Gary Stubblefield. Representatives, Bob Ballinger, Scott Baltz, Ken Bragg, Bruce Cozart, uh, Cozart uh, Gary Deffenbaugh, Joe Farrar, Deborah Ferguson, David Felding, Justin uh, Gonzalez, Kim, Kim Hammer, Joe Jett, Greg Letting, Frederick Love, George McGill, David Meeks, Josh Miller, Reginald Murdoch, and Chris Ritchie, along with Jeff Wardlaw. Now, some of those folks will be stepping down as of January 1st, like David Meeks and others, because they didn't run for re-election. There'll be new members of this group in 2019. But since this meeting is taking place in December, these are the people you need to get in contact with and say you need to vote against this. You need to get this under control. We do
2: not want dicamba in this state.
1: So, right. what are what are the scientists saying to get this under control? Can you use dicamba in any way, shape, or form, or does
4: uh, do you have to get rid of it completely? Well, <clears throat> prior to uh, 2016, dicamba had been used as what farmers consider a burn down, so they kill the weeds prior to planting in early spring. But back in 2012. Uh, researchers at penn state university began a study and in 2015 they came out with the results and the results were if you use dicamba in a widespread area in warm temperatures you will have a 50 percent reduction in pollinator habitat Mm -hmm. along with 50 percent reduction in pollinator visits they were telling the epa that in 2015 david mortensen who was at penn state started telling the epa that in 2010 he told the epa that in 2018 but our weed scientists have been saying for the last two years you cannot use this product and keep it on target it will move it will damage other crops it will damage other vegetation it will damage the environment and if it's in the air and it's doing all of that damage to vegetation, my question is, what is it doing to me as I breathe it, and what is it doing to my kids?
1: Okay, so there is a problem with humanity as well, is what you're telling us.
4: Yes. It, it boils down to, do you like to see uh, the wildflowers? Do you like to see wildlife? Do you like to breathe clean air? Uh, we, we we already have issues in agriculture with smoke and with other pesticides. It has even been brought out this past summer that this product moves in irrigation water. So if it is applied to the crop and then you irrigate the crop, it moves wherever that water leaves the field, which it eventually ends up in a ditch, and then it ends up in a slough. I'm going to ask you to hold on.
1: When we come back, we'll answer that question that we posed before we went to the break. But we came back. We had little time. We will get into ducks as well. We want to get into what he just said. We'll talk about it more here on the Dave Ellswick Show right after the news. I got to tell you what, in here in just a few moments, the top of the hour, I'm going to make a new pot of coffee with some Starbucks coffee that I have so that Jan won't complain about the coffee here anymore. I don't drink
2: Starbucks coffee. <laughs>
1: okay. <laughs> Well, it might not be just Starbucks. I may be just lying. But anyway, bottom line is uh, I'll make some new coffee. Okay. So it won't Thank you. Be, have to be cut with a knife.
2: There you go.
1: That's what she said about <laughs> my military it's coffee. So, it's so black. Anyway. Well, it took coffee.
2: a whole it's, container of creamer just to get it <laughs> s- slightly lighter. <laughs> we
5: we'll just have to tell Dave to start sobering up before he gets <laughs> to work. Exactly I need right. a spoon to get, to get it out of the coffee
2: here. pot. That's how right. thick and black the coffee is. All right. <laughs> Uncle <joke>. Sam
1: is looking <laughs> his chops right now. Can't wait for you to retire. He's going to tax you to death. Taxes on your IRA and 401k. Taxes on your Social Security benefits. Taxes on your investment income. And uh, it could be a field day for them unless you take steps to defend yourself now. You got about five, six years with uh, the Trump tax cuts involved that uh, you can save yourself some big money by uh, doing some things right now. You're invited to a special one-time screening of the documentary film, The Power of Zero. The tax train is coming. That's happening Thursday at UA Breckenridge Theater right here in Little Rock. You can get a free ticket to it, but the event is limited to just 90 people. There's just a couple of tickets left. Get yours. If you've saved $500,000 for retirement, call to reserve your free ticket at 501-653-6690. That's 501 Really some invaluable uh, information in this. And if you've saved some money for retirement, don't give over half of it back to the government. I'm just telling you. because They'll take that much. I took some money out of my 401k the other uh, couple of weeks back to do some car work. And uh, for every $1,000 I took out, the federal government and the state government, took, uh, well, the federal government took 20, and the state took, took five. So 25% off the top went to, f- to the government. Just know that you need to know what's coming, all right? What you've saved is not necessarily what you're going to get back, especially if it's you know been tax-deferred and all of the rest that you can do with it. All right, we've been talking about the cambia. It's uh, a, a pesticide. And it has some negative side effects. Scientists have proven that, but there's money involved with it. There's always money tied to uh, production of no matter what kind of widget you got. All right, and uh, you gotta measure what uh, what the uh, the negative side effects are.
3: Are they are they worth uh, having or are they worth not having? That's reality because the the purpose of government and free society is to uphold the rights of the individuals and if and if a product that i'm producing is is being used in a way that actually harms other people then that's kind of what government is there for to keep one individual from harming supposedly, others. supposedly. Okay. Unfortunately, gotta, gotta say supposedly. Supposedly, unfortunately, a lot of what the government yeah. does, or maybe the vast majority of what the government does, is actually a violation of human rights. Okay. So, with that said, we
1: brought a a man in that is very uh, knowledgeable about this. He is one of the country, well, the state's largest beekeepers. How do you register as far as nationally? Are you a big beekeeper nationally? No.
4: Uh nationally there's two point six million beehives okay. and we have twelve thousand, so that's a, wow that's uh one that's half a percent. A, that's still a lot of beehives,
1: all right. I mean how many people out there have twelve thousand beehives? Uh I don't know very many. Okay. <laughs> all right. Bottom bottom line, uh you're in a business that it this impacts hugely and if you had to leave this state, what state would you
4: think about going to? Well, part of our business is in South Mississippi down at the Mississippi Gulf Coast. So we would have to relocate all of our uh, beehives, build new complex. You know, it's it's a multi-million dollar uh, aspect if we have to do that. All right. So when we left, we were talking about using
1: this. And when you spray it on a field, let's say it rains, you know, a couple hours after, a couple days after, and uh, washes some of this off, it ends up. You know in the runoff the runoff ends up in a creek a creek ends up in a river whatever you know how it works uh this can be detrimental to uh, the duck population we want you to talk about that it also is going to be detrimental to anything that's feeding off that stream that uh,
4: dicamba is is in correct well anything it so dicamba kills uh kills plants so anything that feeds on the plants it will affect Okay And so this summer, as I was seeing the damage from the, vet, from the herbicide on the vegetation that the bees rely on, there is a specific tree that the bees collect a lot of nectar and honey fr- uh, nectar and pollen from, and it is called the buckbrush or button willow tree, and duck hunters know about buckbrush swamps. Um, when a buck, button willow tree blooms, it puts on multiple blooms, and then it produces seeds, and mm-hmm. then those seeds are eaten by the ducks. And what I noticed this year is that the plant only bloomed about 30% of its normal bloom. And I know that because in the middle of July, when those trees bloom and the bees are collecting honey, this year I had to actually feed my beehives because there was not enough nectar coming in from those trees to uh, provide enough food for the bees.
1: Okay. And where are most of these particular trees located? Is it down there in the Stuttgart area where or- – everybody wants to go duck
4: hunting well they're actually in the whole eastern delta region of the state and probably some in the arkansas river valley region also so they're a native plant and most of the uh plants that i'm concerned with as far as the bees are concerned are native plants native vegetation and so i went to the arkansas heritage commission uh, back last summer to explain to them what i was seeing and i sat down with a lady i cannot remember her name And we had a conversation about this damage, and the Arkansas Heritage Commission uh, is supposed to be protecting the native uh, aspects of our state. And when she asked me, so what herbicide are we talking about? I said, I'm talking about dicamba. She said, well, who makes dicamba? I said, Monsanto makes dicamba. And she informed me that this conversation was over, and I could leave the building. And I would be better served to go to the public— and uh the state would not be able to help me with this problem
1: and why is that do you feel i mean evidently you've been involved in this for quite some time now monsanto evidently swings a big stick is
4: what you're saying well it appears that way um, every every uh politician that i speak to if i mention monsanto the conversation ends and um i did a little research and And are they, are they
1: spreading the the money around amongst the uh, elected
4: officials? Well, I was told uh, that uh, they don 't actually pay an official or an elected official; they just find someone to run against him, and they fund that that person, and so they scare the elected official into following whatever Monsanto wants as far as primaries or, and things of that goes. that's correct well,
5: we can turn you on some other uh, elected officials that uh, we'll try to help you with this. There's some we know some of them personally that think with their own, their own head, head and and uh and make their own decisions and uh, represent their district no matter uh, if it's popular or not, at the Capitol or not. So we'll try to help you push this information out to some of the right There's a few people. Republicans,
2: that you're right, R.D., are going to stand up for for the people of this state and do what's right in this case. But unfortunately, there are a number of Republicans on that panel that are not going to follow through. Uh, but hopefully some of the Democrats on that panel will actually help us out here because this has affect the, the health and welfare of everyone.
5: They're supposed to love our environment and uh, – and, uh, Uh, help protect, you know, our trees and everything. So hopefully this should be a nonpartisan issue. It is
2: nonpartisan. But once again, it's not just the environment. We're talking about, you know, digging. let's dig deeper. We're talking about life, human life. We depend on, this is not just environmental pretty things. These are environmental issues that we actually depend on to eat. And uh, so it's a much bigger issue than just you know keeping some pretty plants out there
1: let me have ask one question okay. here and then paul you can jump back in have we seen a reduction in the amount of food and things of that nature that's been uh, produced because this pollination has reduced as well
4: i don't know the answer to that i do know that there are a lot of vegetable growers such as watermelons squash cantaloupes um uh, Sweet potatoes, people of that that are raising those specialty crops, that if this product is continued to be used, they will not be able to raise those crops. And so, the food that we like to to eat from the garden, that is what is affected. It's very hard for someone to raise a garden in eastern Arkansas because of the dicamba herbicide. How about uh,
1: orchard people, people who raise you know peaches
4: and things of that nature? Are
1: they screaming about this because without bees? they're they're dead in the water.
4: Yes. Um, Bader, Bader Tree Farm in Missouri, they have been cut drastically in their production because of the damage to their trees. I know that the pecan trees in eastern Arkansas have virtually no pecan crop this year. All right. Paul, go ahead. So, so, the, so the dicamba is actually affecting the trees themselves. If you,
3: as you were explaining what it, how it works, is it actually affects the reproductive system of the, of the plant. And for a for a plant that doesn't come back every year, uh, the ramifications of that may be insignificant. But what about trees? Does
4: it does it permanently damage the reproductive systems? Or how does that... No, it doesn't permanently damage the reproductive system, but it causes a stress on the tree and other vegetation, and it allows it to succumb to other uh, parasites or other problems that would kill the tree. So if you are have multiple exposures of this product, and then you have a tree specialist come out. He may tell you a fungus killed the tree. But the fungus killed the tree because the tree was succumbed to all of the multiple exposures. So, so this is almost like
3: birth control for plants. And so it causes them to become infertile for at least one cycle.
4: Is that, is that kind of how it – Well, it depends on what, uh, what stage of growth that, it, that the application comes to. I know in my parents' backyard – we have a tree an apple tree that, that has been there for 30 years and this is the first year that it did not produce one apple and um, i had dicamba damage on all of the vegetation in my parents yard and along the finch row and we were one mile from any soybeans where dicamba was applied so you're still pretty close as far as the the wind wind factor
3: so if you got if you if it's actually going aerosol and going um, from a, into a gas, then it's not hard for a gas to go a mile. It's if, if that's actually what's happening. And so, so is there pretty good uh, is there pretty good research to indicate that this
4: truly is what's killing the
3: plants? Is there any way to actually test it to see that's?
4: I know the EPA on the label, the latest label for Extendamax and Ingenia, have put that you should leave a quarter mile. You should leave a buffer zone. Um, from any bodies of water or sp- or specialty crops, and that includes trees and broadleaf. So the EPA, EPA knows that if this product comes in contact with this vegetation, that it will kill it or it will significantly damage it. All right, so when we come back, we've got to get a final break
1: in. Specifically, I want to talk about how you can get involved in this. I mean, th- this is going to be, you know, people getting involved, and if enough people text if enough people write in if enough people show up and i know it's at like 1 30 in the afternoon that's why they do it at one thirty in the afternoon if you can show up and uh, you know and testify and say you think that this should stop this is the way you can stop it in its tracks we'll come back and talk about that as we continue here on the dave ellswick show all right, back uh, for the last few moments. Jan, I personally want to thank you for bringing your guest in today for us. It's an interesting topic. It's one everybody should be aware of. But I want to tell you what, they will just roll along as uh, normal unless you who are listening right now, uh, if you go to our website, 101.1 FM, uh, the answer you can share this hour with all of your friends. Just send it, to, send it out and share it and tell everybody to get involved in this it will take all of our efforts to stop it it's just the bottom line it will take your effort to stop it and there's plenty of science behind this for me to say sounds like a, a good idea now you said that the farmers can either do uh do it the old way or the new way explain
4: what the differences are well there are, there are still um there are still herbicides that can be used and if a farmer rotates his crops as If he plants soybeans one year and he plants rice the next year or he plants corn, there are rotation practices that can be put in place that you use different chemicals, uh, different herbicides that will clean up the weeds. Where we have the problem is where they plant soybeans year after year after year. And honestly, some of the land that they're planting is land that shouldn't be farmed anyway. It's in flooded areas. It takes forever for the land to dry out for them to fa- to, to plant the crop. And then it gets infested with with the weeds, and so my opinion is there's some land that shouldn't be farmed. It should be put back into wild land, wildlands. lands. Um, wow, well, so,
1: maybe we'd be able to find some of those animals that we don't see so much, you know, bob whites, things of that nature, quail, you know, that uh, we could go out and hunt again uh, if we had the the natural habitat those birds, for instance, need to have. That's right. I mean, I mean that makes sense to me. Makes sense too that you rotate crops. I mean biblically, that's why you let a field rest mm-hmm. in a every, growing season. Every seven years. That's correct. You let it rest because you you depleted it. You now the, the reason we don't deplete now is because we artificially continue to feed it. That's you know, no, I, I, I mean I think that's some st- of the,
3: some of the good parts of science. I think, we still deplete, things? Though. I think we're still depleting things. We're just adding some of the stuff back when you end up with factory food. But here's the bottom line. Bottom line is we can feed the
1: world well, the rest of time. Oh. You know, 30 years ago, that was not the case. I mean, we herbicides don't. have had a positive effect upon yields. I make no bones about that. But I do make bones that if you have a herbicide that you're using that is destroying more than it's producing, you need to start thinking about
3: what you're doing yeah productivity is not the only thing it's it's productivity is awesome but if you're being pro- extra productive but you're poisoning your neighbors that's a problem yeah, but yes if, and
2: when and when you have a company like monsanto making donations to organizations like ducks unlimited and then you wonder why ducks unlimited is not getting involved in this fight because they, of all organizations, should be defending uh, the wildlife and the ducks for the ducks hunter, duck hunters. But, you know, there, there's always an explanation to why people, agencies, politicians, don't do the right thing when it, the right thing makes all the sense in the world. And when they don't do the right thing, you always need to look at the bottom line, which is the dollar. If you're a member of Ducks Unlimited, I challenge you to call them and ask them why they aren't standing up and fighting against dicamba. And then ask them how much money they get from Monsanto every year. And
1: you don't have to call national. You can call your state representatives Mm -hmm. in that organization. They can give you that, that information as well. Any more questions uh, from you, RD?
5: I just like to point out that I don't know if dicamba, as we were talked about, has had specific studies. But I have heard studies to where Roundup and a lot of the herbicides that are used uh, get on the pollen, and the bees take that pollen back to their nest, and it affects the larva in the nest, and also gets infiltrated into the honey. So, uh, so
2: uh, it actually says that on the pack, like Seven Dust, and some of those products, because I actually grew a little pumpkin patch, just a little side patch off the side of my gun range this past year. Because she gonna, liked to
1: shoot the pumpkin. No, either. I haven't
2: even shot the pumpkins yet. I haven't shot them yet. But I am no domestic goddess. You can be sure that none of them were used in my kitchen. But I, I it was an accident that I grew that patch. And I'm going to get into how that happened. But anyway, yeah. once they started growing, I wanted to protect them. And I learned about squash bugs and all these things that attack. And I wanted to protect them by using all natural products. But even on some of those pesticides that you look at, it says, be sure not to spray them on the flowers because the bees it will kill the bees it will destroy them you know so they know on a number of these products you need to read the fine print but what i did discover is that something as simple as baking soda and water kills fungus on mm-hmm. plants i was like really and it really works there, there's always another solution. It's just not always the easier solution. And you can
5: you can safely eat that stuff if you want to. Yeah, I'm all for protecting the bees. Now, if there's one thing I love, it's honey. And, uh, Me too. Oh, speaking of, uh, I, do, I
1: did had one. Can I get you're you ready? Go, go ahead. Who do you supply around here that we can get
2: your honey?
4: So before uh, he
2: leaves the state, (laughs) yeah.
4: yeah, So right now we we sell under a a local brand called Crooked Creek Bee Company. Crooked Creek, and we're in Whole Foods and natural grocers and a lot of the health food stores in the in the the surrounding area. Okay, now is
1: that? I've always heard that the best honey to consume is the the honey that's closest to where you live because you get uh, you know more of the stuff in the area. As far as it helps you you combat allergens that are specific to your area. That's what I was trying to get to. Yeah, that's correct. All right so do, do you, will your honey help me i live in Cabot.
2: not after he moves out of the state now, He's
4: not i'd like look to look say it will i'd mm-hmm. like to say that okay it will help. Right. i would like to add one thing dave uh, i'm not a tree hugger never considered myself a tree hugger but i hate to see this state the natural state i hate to see it destroyed out of convenience for some people that want to do something the easy way and if you want to be able to raise a garden if you want to keep trees and ornamentals alive and well in your yard you need to show up at the plant board on december the 6th you need to call the governor's office you need to call the plant board office call the department of agriculture call your legislators. call your mayor call everyone that you can think of and get the word out that you're that you do not want this product being used we know what it does to plants they haven't done studies on what it does to humans and I can't imagine what it's doing to my lungs as I breathe it through the summer months. Well, my stinger has been bothering me. What can
5: I tell you? I don't want to go there. <laughs> hey, if it's bad for insects, you know it's bad for humans. All huh? right. Coming up in
1: the next hour, we got a break. And uh, is there anybody, police, they can call uh, and talk to you, or
4: talk to somebody who's kind of heading up this whole thing. Well, I have a Facebook page. It's Coy's Honey Farm, and if they want to join Coy's Honey Farm Facebook page, I'll be glad to come. C O Y C
2: O Y S Coy's yes. Koy's Koy's
4: Honey, Honey Farm. Farm, and I'll be able to converse with anyone on that.
1: All right, there you go. So you can get involved. You need to get involved in this fight. I appreciate you. Thank you for coming in. We'll have you back before the sixth. Thanks for having. Me I promise on. you on that. All right, we we'll take a break. We come back. Forest City, what the crap are you thinking about? We're going to talk about you and Concealed Carry.